And I'm going to invite Pastor Adam to come on up and give the word. Amen. Yeah! Yeah! Huh? Red beard. All right, we're moving on. All right, everybody. Good morning. Everybody awake out there? What do you think about the youth worship band? Aren't those guys good? Except for that drummer guy. Everybody else is a stud, you know? Man, those guys are great. I'm telling you, we are so blessed. Uh, there's other people on the team and stuff like that on Sunday nights, but those, those were just some of us up here. And uh, we are blessed at Salt Youth Ministry to have uh, musicians, people with talents and gifts that God has given them, and then for those people to actually use them for God. Um, that's a blessing. It's awesome. And uh, Salt Youth Ministry is... Uh, it's kind of hard to explain, almost. Um, we, we like to have fun. We love Jesus. And, um, and, um, but here's the deal. I've been in youth ministry a long time, okay? For really, really, like a really long time. <laughs> and, um, and when I came to youth, this, this youth ministry, Salt, in this church, I told Dan, I was like, everybody is way too nice. Like the students. Like they are so well behaved. <laughs> and like... No one's running off, you know, we're not chasing anybody or anything like that. We went on an overnight, overnight retreat down at Ocean Shores, and everybody was great. I didn't have to call anybody's parents, you know, put them on a bus back home. I didn't have to do anything. And I came back, and I told Dan, I was like, everybody is so good. I was like, <laughs> Coley's a leader. Coley's a leader. So, yeah, yeah he, he's got no choice. He's got no choice. But that's what I told Dan. And I love that because I'm used to, you know, sending people home on overnighters. You got to go home, you know, things like that. But Salt Youth Ministry is awesome. I want to encourage you, if you're in grades 6 through the 12, get there on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock. We have fun. Uh, we worship Jesus. We learn about his word. Right now we're going over a series called Why We Believe What We Believe. And it's been really fun. We have a box in the back that uh, students drop off questions. And uh, we answer and discuss to the best of our abilities. <laughs> um, but anyways, I want to encourage you, if you are a 6th through 12th grade student, come, come, come and join us on Sunday nights. Today, what I get the privilege and honor of speaking, of, speaking on is worship. Seems kind of strange to me, okay? I'm not going to lie, because Dan, he's the guru of worship, all right? This guy, I mean, I'm serious. I'm serious. He's, he's got it. He's got it. Um, <laughs> in Spokane, they used to call it worship. <laughs> Sorry, I had to sell you out. It, 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 had, it had to come along. But we love it. He, this guy is so good. He's <laughs> I get to speak about worship, but I honestly feel like he should be speaking about worship. Um, but I'm going to do my best today, and you guys hang with me. Let's pray real quick, all right? So, Father, we, uh, we thank you first just for who you are. Lord Jesus, in our life. Lord Jesus, you're with us on the mountaintops and you're with us in the valleys, Lord. Seems like lately uh, it's been a real valley. Uh, but Lord Jesus, you are right there with us and we are headed up the mountain, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for that. Um, Father, I pray that you would just give us uh, uh, ears to hear and hearts to understand today uh, what it is that you're saying. I pray that you would give me the words just to speak. Father, we give this time to you and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and have your way in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so worship. Worship is a big topic. Worship is huge. It's what we do as Christians. I don't think you can be a Christian and not worship. I don't think you can actually be a Christian and not worship. 
And, and, and some of the building blocks that we're going over, uh, that, that we've already gone over are what? They're word, Jesus, and prayer. Last week was powerful, huh? Really powerful. I loved it. I love getting into groups and small groups and, and, and speaking. But today, our fourth building block is worship. And everyone's take on worship is a little different. If you ask a, a Pentecostal, uh, an Episcopalian, a Catholic, a Methodist, a young person, an old person, you're going to get a lot of different answers. You're going to get just a ton of different answers. But one thing that I think worship should be is that it should be true and honest. True and honest. And our worship should be so loud and so real that the people out in the world should be able to look at us and say, God is truly among you. As they said in 1 Corinthians 14, 25, that our worship should be so real and so loud and so prevalent and so in everybody's face that, that people out in the world and at our jobs and at our schools, they should be able to say, God is among you. There's something different about you. What is it? That's the kind of worship God desires. That's the kind of worship God desires. You know, worship, whenever worship grows stale, so does our passion for God. You ever notice that? When your worship of God grows stale, your passion for him goes as well. Worship is the furnace of your spiritual life. It's what heats everything else up. Does that make sense? Worship. Your worship to God is the furnace of your spiritual life. It's what heats everything else up. It's what heats your prayer life up. It's what heats your relationships up. Everything worship is involved in. I know that sometimes I can be guilty of just coming to church uh, just because it's Sunday rather than coming to worship on Sunday morning. Does that make sense? That I come to church just because it's Sunday morning rather than coming with the attitude, I'm going to worship today. I'm going to worship God. And now Sunday is not the only day that we worship on, right? It should be a life full of worship. I'm reminded of that song, uh, uh, Let My Life Song Sing to You. What does that talk about? Um, that talks about us living a life that's, that's just praising to God. Living a life that worships God. Not just on a Sunday morning. Not just when we gather and we're around other, uh, around other Christians and we have to figure out, we, I mean, we have to make ourselves look good. But a life full of worship. When we're at our jobs, when we're at our schools, wherever we are, that our life is a song to God. And it sings to Him. And it's singing beautifully to Him. I'm guilty of it sometimes, not doing that. I'm guilty of it. But it's never too late, right? It's never too late. So, today I want to start off by telling you what worship is not. <laughs> if I could be so brave, let me tell you what worship isn't, okay? Number one is this. Worship is not an event. Worship is not an event. Now, we have, we have Sunday service where we come to worship. We also have things called uh, prayer and worship nights that we come to. But calling that does not mean we worship. You can attend all those nights and never worship. Worship is not an event. Jesus echoed the words of Isaiah when he said of the Jews, he said, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Matthew fifteen eight. You see, it's about your heart. It's about what's in the heart. We can go to all the events we want to go to, and some of them can be very, very powerful. I'm not saying events are bad. I'm telling you, that's where God got a hold of my life. Is that is that a Newsboys concert when I was eight years old or uh, in eighth grade? It was powerful. It was powerful. Events aren't bad, but just because it's an event of worship doesn't mean it's worship. 
It's your choice. It's your choice to worship or not. Worship is not music. Everybody's like, what? Yeah, it is. No, worship is not music. Otherwise, everything that came on the radio would be worship, right? And it's not. It's not. Some of it's pretty good, but it's not worship. I think, see, see, music is, the ve- is a great vehicle to get us to worship. It's the best that I've come. It, it's, it's the best that I know of. I get in that, that vehicle of music, and it cruises me right to worship. But it's just a vehicle to get you somewhere. It's not an end-all. Worship is not music. Worship is not a performance. I can be guilty of this sometimes. And I hate it. I hate it. You see, in a, in, in a performance-saturated society, if we are not careful, we will see worship as a performance graded rather than something we give to God. You can't grade worship. We can't grade worship. You know, come on now, let's, let's be real. Let's be real. When we walk out the door today, how many of you are going to say, you know, worship really wasn't that good today? Just kidding. You guys killed it. Except for the drummer guy again, okay? But, no, you got it was awesome. Or you may walk out and you say, worship was awesome. What are we doing? We're grading. We're grading worship. And that's not, what we're, that's not our job. Worship is not that. Worship is something that we give to God. We give it to God. Whatever we have, whatever worship we have in us, we give it to God. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We give it all to Him. Worship is not something that we grade. You see, we, we, sometimes it's easy out here to see ourselves as an audience and the people on the platform as the performers, right? That's not the case. That's not the case. Do you know why? Because God is listening to each one of us. He is listening to, to, to not just the song you're singing, but to the cry of your heart. He's listening to what comes out. And he's not listening to see, oh, this guy was off key and that guy was off beat or whatever. He's not concerned with that. He's concerned with everybody's heart. And he's concerned with what's coming out of your heart. Is it worship? You see, you're not the audience and we're the performers. If that's the case, I'm gone. Because I hate performing. I hate it. <laughs> it's too nerve-wracking. Whenever I can get up here and be real and honest, that's the best. You see, the, the, the worship team's job is just to lead the folks into worship. It's not to get up here and be the worshipers and you guys watch and grade. But it's to lead the whole congregation into worship. And Adam, you did an awesome job with that today. It was awesome. Everybody, awesome job. Worship is not an event. Worship is not music. Worship is not a performance. Worship is not a feeling. You know, some people think that unless they get a tear in their eye... A shiver down their spine or work themselves up into some emotional turmoil than they didn't worship. And all those things can, can, can be part of worship, but those aren't worship. Those are emotions. And emotions are involved in worship. But the emotion is not the worship. Like I said, I mean, it's not a feeling. It's not something that we grade. Worship is emotional. But being emotional does not guarantee genuine worship. Next one is this. Worship is, is not something that's confined to one day a week. I touched on it earlier. 
It's not something that we come to just on Sunday morning and we get to worship on Sunday morning. How boring would that be? I mean, seriously, if I only got to worship one day a week, I'm out. I'm not interested. See, worship is a life. It's your life. Like I said earlier, your life song, it's singing something. What is it singing? What is my life song singing? Have you ever thought about that? When I heard that song long ago, I thought, what is my life song singing before God? And I was scared of the answer. And I'm not here to condemn or anything. But what is our life song singing? Worship on, on, on Sunday morning is great and powerful. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What are we worshiping? What are we worshiping? <clears throat> All right. So now let's move on to what worship is. What worship is. All right. Worship is a response to God. Worship is just a simple response to God. First John four nineteen says, we love him because he first loved us. Because God loved us and called us and saved us and provided for us, we respond to him with worship. I love that scripture. I love that. Why do we worship? Because he first loved us. It's a simple response. It's, to, it's a response to what God has done for us. It's a response to who he is. He came and he died on the cross and he rose again and now, now, and now he lives for eternity and he saved me. My response to that, my response to that is just to worship. You see, worship has an object. And my, our object as Christians is Jesus and God. That's who we worship. When we come in, when we sing, who are we singing to? Can you imagine how confusing that would be sometimes for some people if they walked in as, as, as non-believers? Who are these people singing to? We're singing to God. We're singing to Jesus. So we, we have an object that we're singing to, that we're worshiping. See, worship is a response, a simple response to what God has done for us. And if you can't think of anything else to respond to, respond that he is Jesus and he died for you. If you're going through such a valley right now that you don't know, there's nothing, that, there's nothing in your face real prevalent that you can worship for. Just worship because he died for you. And he gave you the gift of eternal life. I'm telling you, sometimes in my life I have to boil it down to that. Because why? What am I seeing? I'm seeing a bunch of negative. I'm seeing a bunch of bad things. I'm, I'm going through a valley. And I've got to go back to the basics. And I've got to go, your Lord... And I worship you because of what you've already done for me. Not because of what you're doing for me, but because of what you've already done for me. And that is powerful. Worship is heartfelt. John four, twenty-three. It says, but the hour is coming and now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. You see, worship is heartfelt. It's, it, 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 worship just doesn't come from our lips. It comes from our hearts. It comes from the very being of who we are. You see, we're made in, the image of, we're made in God's image. And there's something in us that, that, that attracts us to Him. There's something in our hearts that attracts us to Him. Worship is heartfelt. It's not just a song we sing. It's not just an emotion we get. It's none, I mean, it can be some of those things, 
but it's heartfelt. Do you ever hear some of those songs on the radio and you just love them? They speak to you. I'm talking about any kind of song, you know? And it just really speaks to you. And you begin to cry maybe or whatever. But that's what worship is. Worship is heartfelt. It's, it, it, it's not something that's just, that's just there or, 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 or that we do on a Sunday morning or that, or that we do when we gather with our small group. Worship is real. It's true. It's who we are. And it comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. <clears throat> Worship is valuing him above everyone and everything. See, worship is declaring worth and value. There's a lot of people in this room right now, okay? And I love you. And I like you. And I want to be your friend. But I don't value you over Jesus. You see, worship is valuing Jesus over everything and everybody else. That's what worship is. It's putting value in who, in, in who Christ is. Mark 12.30 says... You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. You see, no one or nothing should be higher value to us than God. Nothing. As much as we love our families, we need to love God even a little bit more. Why? Because when we truly, honestly love God like that, it'll make everything else better. It'll make our family life better. It'll, it, it, it'll help us to be better, better brothers and sisters and, and better everything. When we place God at the forefront, when he is first in our hearts, everything else falls into place. See, worship is valuing him above everyone and everything. Worship is a choice. Isaiah 12, 6 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. See, what is Isaiah saying there? He, he has a choice. He has a choice. He can either bless the Lord or he, or, or, or he can't. He can either do it every so often or all the time. And Isaiah was saying right there, I will bless the Lord at all times. See, worship is a choice. You can come in here with the worst day or the best day or, or, or whatever it is, and you have a choice to make. Are you going to worship? Are you going to worship? And it's a choice, and that's a good thing. Why? Because God doesn't demand it of us. We have a choice. We have a choice. He doesn't sit up on, on the throne and say, worship me. But he asked for it. He asked for it. So worship is a choice. We can either give it or we don't. We have a choice in the matter. And I love that about God. Sometimes, I mean, I mean it, 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 it may be easier if you would just tell me what to do, you know. Really, it would save me a lot of heartache. Save me a ton of heartache. Sometimes, you know, I wish that God would just, hey, come on, tell me what you want me to do. Come on. I'm writing down. I'm writing it down. I'm taking notes here, you know. But he gives us a choice. He gives us a choice to either do it or not do it. And I love that. Like I said before, I love it. You got a choice. And it's your choice. It's not the person sitting beside you. It's not... You know, whoever, your, your friend at work, it's not your friends at school, it's your choice. It's your choice. Are we going to worship or not? You see, worship is giving, not getting. Worship is giving, not getting. 
And I think this is a big key. Sometimes I walk in here with, with in, into worship and I think, okay, what is God going to give me today? Am I going to get that chill or that tear in the eye? Or am I going to get a word from him? Those are all great things. And they happen during worship. But that should not be our primary focus. Our worship should be just about giving to him. Why? Because he's worthy. He's worthy of it. That's what he's called us to do. Okay. The why of worship. We worship because of who God is. We worship because of who God is. Praise is a response to what God does. Worship is a response to who God is. In Psalm 95, this is what it says. In verse 1, he's, uh, God is called the Lord and the rock of our salvation. In verse 3, he is called the great God and the great king above all kings. In verse 4 and 5, he is praised for his work as the creator of all things. Psalm 95 is great. Look at it. In verse 6, he is our maker. In verse 7, he is not just some transcendent deity, but he is our God. He is personal. In verse 8 to 11, he is the God of history who called and delivered the nations of Israel. In, 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 and then when you move to the New Testament, God revealed himself in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. We worship Jesus because he is our Savior. You see, we worship because of who God is. Not because of what he's done, but of who he is. Who he is to us. We worship because of who he is. Next thing is we worship because of who we are. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. He is the shepherd that makes us the sheep. He is the creator. We are the creatures. He is the king. We are the subjects. He is the master. We are the servants. He is the vine and we are the branches. He is the owner and we are the possessions. You see, I love this quote. Listen to this quote. It says, the best public worship is that which produces the best private Christianity. The best public worship, what we do in the public, how we worship around other people, when it's best is when it produces the best private Christianity. Does that make sense? So let me read that again. The best public worship is that which produces the best private Christianity. Why? Because it's all about me and you and our relationship with Christ. When you boil it all down. You see, I, I can sit up here and keep going through things and hopefully not put you to sleep. Although I can tell some of you are starting to get a little, a little lazy-eyed on me, you know. You're like, hey, let's do I can keep going through these things because worship is a huge thing. But if you boil it all down, what is worship? It's coming before God and saying, thank you. Out of everything else that we can make it out to be and stuff like that. Worship is just coming before God and saying thank you. And I love it that LifeSpring, one of its building blocks is worship. Because how do you do church without worship? You don't. It would be a disaster. I love it. I love that we're going through the building blocks and who we are as a church and LifeSpring. And that worship is one of them. So thank you for listening to me this morning about worship and what God has called us to do. There's a lot more that we could go through. I encourage you to get into your Bibles and read about it. Read Psalm 95 and what it says. What is God saying to us? What is he, what is he calling us to do? Who is he asking us to be?
Let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you um, for, for, for who it is and, and, and who you are, Lord. Lord Jesus said, I don't have to come in here and put on some show and act like I got it all together during worship or whatever, Lord Jesus. But you asked just for me to be honest with you. You don't ask much of me. You just ask me to be honest with you, Lord Jesus. So, Father, I pray that today that that, that would just be a, a realization for us that, that, Lord Jesus, we don't have to come in here and put on a show during worship, Lord, but that, but that we just come in here and be honest with you. Lord Jesus, that we can worship you on the mountains. We can worship you in the valleys. You've done enough. There's not another thing that you need to do for me to worship you. And I really feel that this morning. Because I can be guilty of it too. That, that sometimes we get, we, we get into a place where we say, well, if he would just do this, then I would do this. If God would just do this for me, then I would, then, then I would do this. And God's saying, I don't need to prove myself anymore. Father, I thank you for that. I just thank you for who you are and what it is that you're calling life spring to be, Father. I thank you for our senior pastor, Dan Birch, Mary Birch, Lord Jesus. Father, for who they are, the shepherds of this house. Lord, I just pray a blessing on them. Father, I pray favor, wisdom, knowledge, Lord Jesus. I thank you just for who they are. I pray that you just continue to lead them and guide them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.